Welcome to episode one of DIY, the crafting podcast, a bi-weekly show that features Winnipeg crafters and explores their work, their process, and why they chose to DIY. I'm your host, Sydney Small, and today's guest is the lovely Krista from Swy Designs. Krista handcrafts fused glass jewelry, magnets, and home decor, and we are very lucky to get to speak with her today. So welcome, Krista. How are you doing? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm oh. great. Oh, I'm very good. excited to be here. Excellent. Well, we're happy to have you. So I guess the first thing I want to ask is the name, Swy Designs. Where does it come from? Well, actually, the word Swai means beautiful in Thai. And about 12 years ago, I lived in Thailand for a year and fell in love with the culture and thought it would be a fun name for a business. Oh, no way. So how did you get into crafting? Did that trip have anything to do with it? No, I actually have a background in stained glass. I took one of those leisure guide courses and learned how to do stained glass. And one evening about 12 years ago, my sister, my auntie and myself took a four evening class to learn how to do fusing. And I definitely got hooked. I started renting the equipment and knew that it was for me. So bought all the equipment. And now in my little house and in the north end, I have a little studio in my basement and just love to work on glass and blast some music and turn off my brain. Oh, that's awesome. When exactly did you start? You said it was... About 12 to 13 years ago, working with glass, like doing the fusing. I did stained glass probably 20 years ago, but it's a, a different, it's the same medium, but you work with it in a different way from stained glass to fusing. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a bit about how that works then, the, I guess, start to finish of a project? So what I do is I buy sheets of colored glass. It's similar to what you'd find in a stained glass window, but it's a special glass that can be heated. So what I do is if I'm doing freehand, I would just sketch something on the glass or I've made different templates and stencils for myself to use. And I use good old Sharpie and <laughs> trace, <laughs> trace a stencil or my little template. And then you score the glass. And it's a special tool that actually draws a line on the glass and you crack it. And then you use a glass grinder to grind the edges to get most of the sharp edges off. And then you clean it really well and you pop it in a kiln. And the kiln heats up to about 2200 degrees Fahrenheit. And you're just kind of keeping an eye on it. I like to raise the temperature every six minutes and just always checking the temperature. And then you hold it at about 20, well, 2,000 to 2,200 for about 20 minutes. And then turn off the kiln and it sits there and cools off and it takes about five or six hours to cool down. And then I either drill holes in a piece if it's a necklace or for magnets, I will affix a rare earth magnet on the back and there you go. Cool. So most projects, I guess, they take about the same amount of time then in the kiln. Definitely. Um, And depending on the size, I can cook different a a variety of items at once. Um, I do home decor items, so I'll make little cactuses and that I would cut into three different pieces and then the magic of the kiln fuses them all together. So it's kind of fun. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. And so you said you design, well, I guess, yeah, your your stuff, you kind of draw out these 
shapes and all that? Yes, um, I'm kind of into woodland animals right now. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I make a lot of like raccoons and foxes and skunks. And it all started with my nephew's nursery. I made some for his wall. So they're quite large, seven to eight inches in height nice. and put them on his wall. And then I started making little magnets because they're kind of quirky and cute and fun. And just, I love their little personalities. At Christmas, I'll make tree ornaments and pins and all sorts of things that you can use and wear if you want. Oh, that's awesome. So for different colors and stuff, do you have to mix the color in or is it just different colored glass? It's mostly different colored glass, but it's a matter of layering it to get a different effect. One thing that was actually an experiment was using copper leaf, which is the texture of tissue paper. And when I rip it up and put it between layers of glass, it actually turns blue because of the heat of the kiln and it bubbles. So it's this really cool... Uh, texture to it and I I love the necklaces that I make with those so they're definitely one of my faves oh that's cool Mm -hmm. where do you get your materials then um I mostly buy the I like to buy glass in person so you can actually see the colors I have (laughs) purchased online okay and the thing about purchasing online you don't get to hold it in your hand and I think that's a huge thing is to get the feel of it and the actual look in person do you have different uh, thicknesses, I guess, of glass for different products, or is it usually the same? I like to work with about two millimeters, uh, two to three millimeters. If you go too thin, then it melts really quite fast. And also uh, different colors melt faster than others. So obviously a darker color glass, you have to keep an eye on or, or else it will turn into a big blob in the kiln almost. Oh, geez. Mm-hmm. You don't really need to get small sizes because you just cut it into the shapes that you need, right? Like they come in big sheets, I'm assuming? They or? do. I usually buy 12 by 12 inch uh, pieces of glass, but they come in huge, huge sheets and they range in prices from 20 to $100. So it's definitely not a cheap hobby that I have, but mm-hmm. it's def- it's something I really enjoy and it's a good stress reliever and it's just fun to play with the glass, I guess you could say. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned you have a kiln at your house so you have a space where you do this in your home yes I I'm lucky that um when I was shopping around for a house I looked at 30 different houses and I found this one and my dad he's built me a huge studio in the basement so I have a 10-foot bench with ginormous drawers that store all my glass and it's well organized but um I guess I just have an addiction to glass because it's overflowing (laughs) onto my basement floor and it's getting almost out of hand I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie (laughs) I have a lot of glass in my basement so (laughs) well you need it you need it for what you do right I do but I think you know on a rainy day you just think oh maybe I'll go shopping for glass or maybe I'll play with (laughs) glass or so I just have an absurd amount in my basement. I think if people saw what I had (laughs) stacked in my basement, they'd be like, you could spend your money on a lot better things, but uh, whatever. Whatever. (laughs) It's cool. It's cool. What you like, what you do is so neat. And I mean, how many people can say they actually can do what you do, right? Well, it definitely keeps me out of trouble. So, (laughs) (laughs) so you have another job 
right? I, so I do. I'm a full-time teacher. So this kind of gig is actually perfect for me for the summer because I participate in a ton of farmer's markets during the summer as well as it contributes to my travel fund. So when I'm selling out a farmer's market, I kind of squirrel away the money and then I love to travel. So it helps me with that. Oh, great. When do you find the time then to craft? So, you know, you said it's usually a summer thing. Are you still making product throughout the school year? You mentioned like stress relief. Like, is that sort of a... Yeah, I think it's really important, well, for anyone, but especially teachers, you need a creative outlet that, um, and that's something that I really enjoy. Even I teach grade four or five, and one of my favorite things to teach kids is art, obviously. (laughs) So I find that sometimes if I've just had a stressful day, it's nice. I come home, take my dog for a walk, and then play with glass and turn on some music and turn off my brain and just experiment. And that's something I enjoy. So I think it's important that you make time for that, you know, a balanced life. Absolutely. Um, In terms of finding the time to make stuff, usually on the weekends, sometimes in the evenings as well, but definitely in the summer, I have loads of more time. So kind of try to stock up for my fall and winter sales during July and August. But I also like to travel during July, so that kind of is a double-edged sword, as they say. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Before we met today, you were talking about how traveling is, uh, like, part of the reason why you got into this, or? Well, I... uh... In a way, I guess I do. I do like to travel, so it's nice to have this as a money maker. I guess to do my farmers markets, and I have an Etsy site, so I do sell in local uh, craft sales, local Etsy sales as well. So any sort of um, income I would make from that, I usually put towards more glass or <laughs> for traveling. I did go to Italy, and I took a glass blowing course about six years ago. But it's completely different uh, equipment that you would use compared to what I use. Okay. You need like a furnace and torches and all sorts of things. So I'd probably burn my house down if I started <laughs> glass blowing. <laughs> but um, it was a really neat thing to learn how to do. So I was in Venice and took a, a week-long course in Murano. Oh, awesome. And Murano is known for glass around the world. So yeah. Super cool. Mm-hmm. You mentioned... Um, so you go to farmers markets. Is that the primary place that you would sell your work or? Yeah, well, I've been doing Pine Ridge Hollow Farmers Market for about 12 years. It's adorable if you've ever been out there. There's uh, it's just a nice way to spend the morning. It's on Saturday mornings from nine till one and it has a little bit of everything, baking and crafters and lots of veggies, of course. And you could mm-hmm. go visit the adorable piglets at Pine Ridge Hollow. <laughs> I've also discovered an amazing market north of the city in Arnest, Manitoba. It's actually on this gentleman's property, Dennis. He is so it's phenomenal it's words can't describe it pictures don't describe it he what he has done is it's on his own private property he's cut down trees milled the wood himself and he makes little huts for all the vendors what it's unbelievable and he also has a wood playground that's modeled after the Flintstones. So the last time I was there, I sat in a car made out of wood that looked like I was in Fred Flintstone's car. It was so much fun. He has animals on site. It's just out of this world. He runs it on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, there, like for instance, the whole Interlake supports this market. People line up at 8.30 for these donuts. 
And this Hutterite group makes these donuts, 12 to 1500 donuts a day, and they sell out every Saturday. They're oh buck 25 and they're delicious. So that's, that's like really reasonable it's, too. For it's, oh, it's amazing. It's totally worth the drive to go out just to see what he's done. There's uh, vintage cars on the property and there's everything. There's a woman that sells used books. She has about 15, 2000 books or 1,500, 2,000 books on site. And you ask her a certain author and she knows exactly where it is and what book it is. It's it's so much fun. I love, I don't mind waking up at 5.30 to go there on a Saturday morning. It's beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. That's so crazy Absolutely. that this guy just... And it's totally word of mouth. He doesn't advertise. He has a Facebook site, but like people just know about it. It's and a lot of the people with cottages, it's so well supported for in the Interlake. It's definitely my favorite market in, in Manitoba. It's the cutest one. I've met people from Vancouver that have come to this market just to see it. No way. Yeah. And what's it called again? What's it's the name? It's just Arnes Farmer's Market. Arnes Farmer's Market. Yeah. It's on Highway 9. There's no signage, but you can't miss it because there's all these little huts and it's just beautiful. Absolutely oh. beautiful. That's awesome. That's definitely one mm-hmm. to add to the list because I For always sure. enjoy going to Pine Ridge or, you know, the St. Norbert's Market. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a few other ones popping up around the city oh, yeah. too. I've been doing one um, at Lord Roberts Community Center and it happens on Wednesday evenings from four till eight. Oh, and cool. it's, it's a nice one too. It's well supported by the community and they also have like a winter sale and they have a sale on Mother's Day too. And it's great, great, great. An, an evening that's kind of it's mm-hmm. kind of nice cause and I'm, you can drink beer there no way <laughs> they have beer and cider that they sell so come on how often can you walk around a market with a beer in your hand right no kidding that's <laughs> awesome I guess you know you've been doing markets for a while um and you get to know some of the other crafters there right mm-hmm. like how does the community feel like is it nice to be out you know with a bunch of other people that are Absolutely. I think um, everyone supports one another. I think it's, I, I don't like to think that it's a competitive business or, or a venture out there. Like I, I've been doing this long enough that I don't take it too seriously. I mean, if I lived, if I, I don't think I could live off just my glasswork. Mm-hmm. So it's my hobby. And I enjoy getting out there. I love interacting with my customers, explaining how things are made, and seeing who's buying my product. I really, really, really enjoy that. And in terms of other makers out there, I think it's important that we support each other. We don't put each other down and try to trash talk people or whatever. I think yeah. in any market that I've been on, in people are supportive. They're willing to watch your table if you have to run to the bathroom or nice. you want to run around and shop. People are willing to, they have your back for that kind of thing. And I think that's important to do and understand. Yeah, for sure. Because I, I know, yeah, you said this is more your hobby and it's great because you, you know, you still can make a bit of the fun money for traveling off of it but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure like it might be a little different if this were your day job where you'd have to you know if there's probably more a bit pressure if you oh, had to do it right absolutely I think it might be a bit more cutthroat for sure because I know makers that are trying to make a living off of this and I think in Winnipeg now it's becoming more trendy to support local and to shop at farmers markets and stuff but in other um, in other cities it's been around for years and years and years right so mm-hmm. I think it's it's important that um that we really support one another. And I think shopping local is a good thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think it's always cool to see the different things that people make because some of us just don't have the skills or the time and Mm -hmm. it's cool to learn about how how things are made and oh absolutely and I think once people realize that amount of hours that have gone into something they really appreciate it more even if they can't understand how something is made after having a discussion and um, they they just learn more about it like I love explaining how something's made and maybe showing some pictures from my phone just because sometimes people think that it's been imported from China <laughs> which is like uh, no I have the the cuts on my fingers to prove that I've made it myself so I think it's important that people know what goes into something especially if they're buying it right yeah have you actually had people question you on like if you actually made the work? Oh yeah, absolutely. And so that's why I'll pull out my phone and show them like some step-by-step photos to say, no, this is like what's gone into this. And it's not something I can whip up in 10 minutes. It actually takes a few hours to produce and and I'm very, very fussy. So if it doesn't pass my quality control, <laughs> it gets tossed in the garbage, definitely. I'm, I'm picky that way and I like my, my items to look a certain way. So For sure. I think I'm harder, of course I'm harder on myself than other people would be, but I think I want to be proud of my product as well. Of course, of course. And I'm sure, you know, that that becomes evident too when people see the product for one and you can tell them how long it takes. Oh, exactly. I think, and there's so many different makers out there. Like you think of knitters and crocheters, there's no way I would have the patience for something like that. (laughs) So I think to find a niche that you're really good at and that you enjoy, I think that's the other thing that I like it and it's it's not something I'm making a living off of, but it's something I just enjoy doing because I think if I didn't like what I'm doing, then obviously I'd find something else. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I'm curious, and I don't know if you can give me like a ballpark of time, but how long do you think does it take to make enough product for a market? Like total, like do in, in terms of whether it's weeks, like how long do you usually have to prep for something like that? Well, for instance, I'm getting ready for the Etsy Made in Canada, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. And that I'm only allowed to bring home decor items. Oh. So uh, because jewelry, quite frankly, is oversaturated. There's yeah. jewelry everywhere. And that's almost why I've started branching out into home decor, just so I have other items to bring to a market. And so I've been approved for the Etsy Made in Canada sale. September 29th. Awesome. <laughs> Where? Where is it? There, it's at two locations. It's at the Mint as well as the Concert Hall. And so I'm going to be at the Mint awesome. with about 35 other vendors. And at the Concert Hall, I believe there's probably 40 or 50 vendors. So it's um, it's a made in Canada. So this is like a national thing that happens in all the different capital cities mostly that uh, you have to apply and get approved and so anyways I'm trying to work really hard to get prepared for that in a way I'm kind of lucky that I've been turned down for jewelry because then I can just focus on my home decor stuff for sure so um even this morning before coming down here I was working on some stuff so um I always make myself a list and kind of work towards that so I know that I need to have a variety of my magnets or my cacti or my manitobas or my cute little birds so I have um, a lot of 
lots of variety that I'm working on to get that ready. But for instance, my necklaces, I think I probably have 150 pendants that are kind of ready to go. So next week at Pine Ridge Hollow, I'll lay them out and hopefully I'll sell a few. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. But you definitely see people are drawn to every sort different color my mom always says oh why do you have so many pendants or whatever but you know you don't know what's going to sell so you have to bring everything I think that's important too (laughs) and that's so cool because I mean it shows too that you've got you're diverse with your your pendants because I know you you mentioned you have the um the copper the bubbly kind of pendants too which are beautiful and then you have just the yeah different different simple good old black and white that goes with everything and then branch into earrings and I do custom orders all the time so I think I've been asked to um like by new people that are maybe just starting out oh how much like how much should I bring to a farmer's market and I always think well if you don't have it out you're not going to sell it so yeah you definitely have to display as much as you can because everyone has different taste so yeah I think if you're really going to make a go at this you gotta showcase your best stuff yeah absolutely now I know most of your products because I've I've seen you at farmer's markets and I've bought some of them and I love them so can you maybe tell like just explain kind of like what your cacti kind of look like and because you explain the cacti and the Manitoba yeah right for home decor so what do those look like so I have um my cacti I think cacti are just trendy right I, now I know I love them <laughs> so I thought oh why not I'm gonna start making these little cacti and they're kind of cute because um I put them in terracotta pots and with some rocks so they're very stable and they look really cute on a windowsill because the light will shine through the glass and it just it's just a little pop of color I make um some manitobas because you gotta love where you live absolutely so, <laughs> um, I make manitobas large Manitoba is about seven inches in height and they're in a man in a wood base so my dad who's 70 and I will go out in the bush and we'll cut down some trees and make the bases and oh that's so awesome yeah it's kind of a family gig I guess we'll make the bases and they they look really great I've I'm actually I just made two right now in frames and they're going to Slovakia for a wedding which is very cool so um those are going to be sent on an airplane right away maybe next week I guess so it's kind of cool to hear where these go I think that's my my uh Something that I love about this, my little Manitobas, because everyone has family everywhere, I'll make them as tree ornaments or magnets, and those get sent all over the world. Uh, I had another one sent to Dubai, and uh, oh my, my little <laughs> Christmas tree ornaments have gone to Germany and Switzerland and Brazil, and it's just really fun to hear where these little guys end up. So that's another thing that I love to hear about. No kidding. So are usually, are they people from Winnipeg that are sending them away? Or are these people from these places, like reaching out through your Etsy site? or like Kind of both. The Just most recently, I was contacted through Etsy from a local Winnipegger. And she has a wedding that's taking place in Slovakia. And she said, well, we can't 
we can't actually take the wood bases through all the customs. Okay, because right. Because you can't bring those over. Right. So she said, oh, do you display them in other any other ways? And I said, yeah, actually the frames. So I sent her some pictures. And so now she just wanted one. And then she contacted me and she's like, okay, I want a second one. So oh, that's, that's kind of, I'm actually meeting up with her tomorrow to hand them over. So it's, she said, we can't actually make it to the wedding, but her parents are going. So this is sending some love for Manitoba. Toba, which oh, I thought was so, so nice. Cute. Yeah, it's so cute. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that is so cool. So yeah. can people make orders through your Etsy site? Is that another vehicle, I guess, to to reach Definitely. you? Definitely. I'm going to be honest here. Okay. Yeah. I've been working with Glass for 12 years and my sister's been bugging me. Oh, you really need to start an Etsy site. You should do this, do this, do this. And I don't know. I always put it off, put it off. And I last April I started an Etsy site primarily to get into the local Etsy sales because that's a great venue to meet customers and it's just another type of market and so to be honest I haven't made a ton of sales online a lot I've sold a lot of cactuses to Arizona believe it or not (laughs) but um I don't have any of my jewelry. It's just home decor stuff on Etsy, which is fine because locally I'll sell pendants and earrings and stuff here. But um, I just kind of do my bigger things that are on Etsy. Okay, because I'm not really familiar with Etsy. It's just like, I guess it's just a place to show your work and for people to, yeah, like place orders and stuff. Like, is that really what it's about? Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, you post pictures of your items and then people can buy through the website and then you would ship it off to them. So I know that there's local makers here that are very, very successful on Etsy. I just, I don't know if I just don't know enough about it, but I mean, I've made sales, but it's not, I think my local sales are way more successful for me just because maybe I need to put more time into learning the ins and outs of Etsy. I honestly just started when to get into the local sales. Oh, well, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Though, I suppose right? not. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to backtrack a sec here just because I, I had a thought about the cacti that you make. So you mentioned they're on trend now and you thought, why not make them? So when you're thinking about starting something new or like a new design of some sort do you just I guess try sketching out or like how's the process when you want to try something new well to be honest I find looking on Pinterest and finding um, patterns for felt work okay so because if you think about a piece of felt is flat and basically my um, glass would be flat to work with. My mom's a quilter too, so sometimes I'll hit her up and I'll be like, do you have a pattern for such and such? And then I can revamp it and sketch it out for how it could, wor- how it could work with glass. Awesome. So um, I've been making these cute tiny little birds and I infuse wire f- as their legs so you can bake the wire in with inside the kiln and then I put them in a wood branch and they're adorable. They oh, look like yes. little sandpipers and I just I started making those as pins and magnets but then just I don't know in the spring I thought these would be so cute in a piece of wood and so I started making those in the spring and they've been so successful. At the end of the year I gave them as end of the year gifts to a lot of my teacher friends because oh, they're just kind of well they're better than a coffee mug I'd say um, that yeah. lots of teachers get <laughs> but they're kind of cute because they look nice on a windowsill and they don't take up a ton of space either so 
So mm-hmm. in that, I guess, same thing with your Manitobas, like the, you know, you'll cut down the wood and use that for your birds too, that kind of thing? Yes, and I, I'm i kind of obsessed with the wood right now because there's moss on it and it's just so colorful and it's really pretty. Like I almost like, and not to say I like the wood more than the glass, but it really is a good accent. My dad and I, when we're drilling for the holes for the little legs of the birds, he's always teasing me because I'm always like, inspecting each branch and trying to find the perfect one for each bird and he's like oh geez like come on get on with it but it's something I think is part of just the overall look and like the appeal of of a piece of art it really is a piece of art yeah and exactly and you're taking care you want to make it look the way you want it and make it look good right yeah. look good I'm together. definitely fussy so <laughs> well I I understand that but I don't know if fussy is the right word because you just want to you just want to, you know, do a good job, right? Yeah, so. exactly. And you just want, I think you it's part of what will follow you and it, it turns into your name. Like if people see that piece of work and it's sloppy, then that's kind of the reputation you're going to have. So I'm just picky that way that things have to look a certain way before I feel that it's it's good enough to sell or to give away to someone. I'm, I'm just very much like that I guess I don't know I don't think it's a bad thing though with what you're doing but. yeah <laughs> was it hard when you were starting out to make a name for yourself do you think or like how did you feel when you went to your first market my very first market was at Pine Ridge Hollow oh awesome and that was a lady her name was Pat she was like in her 70s that ran the market and I think my very first market there was only 10 vendors there it was very very small and now it's 40 to 50 vendors every week so it's really expanded a ton i wouldn't say i even have a name for myself right now like you can look at local makers and they have thousands of instagram followers or whatever the case may be but i know that I have a good product because I have repeat customers and right for something that's like a consumable like baking or pickles or whatever <laughs> obviously they're going to return to you if they like your product but when it's something like an actual item to have repeat customers I think is really it makes me feel good because I know those people they respect my product but they really like it as well and they're willing to give it away as gifts and so when I have repeat customers and I know them by name it's kind of fun for me and they'll hunt me down I used to do the Icelandic festival out in Gimli and I have people that will recognize me from Gimli like five years ago so I guess in cool. a way it's nice that I've been around for quite some time too yeah definitely Mm -hmm. and over time right the more people that come to markets and I think it's kind of a growing thing in Winnipeg oh definitely it's you can see that people really like to support local now definitely that's awesome so do you have any advice I guess for people who'd want to potentially start something like you're doing or give glass fusing a try like I think you you need to take the risk and just do it. And I think that's with anything. I think if you want to try something, there's no harm in trying it. You just gotta be brave enough to jump fully in. Glass fusing, it's 
I love it. I've been asked tons of times to teach it to people. Right. And right. Uh, I have people, you know how they have those paint parties. I have people that say, would you ever host a glass making party? And so, like, <laughs> I don't know how I would actually fit like more than five people in my basement because I have a very <laughs> small house. But um, it's kind of, that's, that makes me feel good too. Like I think it's really nice when people admire you enough to say hey I'd like to learn this from you which is very cool I think glass fusing is more forgiving than stained glass because you can layer the glass and it doesn't have to fit totally perfect I think for people that are jumping in even just to the maker scene is just do it do it well well, you're excited about it to try it because you don't want to look back and think, oh, why didn't I? It's better to think, hey, I tried it and it worked or hey, I can try something new next time. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, I know like I don't really, I don't really have much time right now to craft or try anything like that because I'm in school. But definitely when I graduate and, you know, get a job, I'd like to do something like crafty you know for myself too eventually when I have the time as a hobby because I think it's so nice for like you said stress relief and just trying something new and then you have something that you've made yourself oh which is so cool absolutely I think and then you instill that in others like even my students I give them a Christmas gift every year and I make them a little ornament every year right and I have kids that come back year after year and they're like I still put up that snowman ornament every Christmas and da 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 so I don't know I think when you have a, a gift or you're creative like that and you share it with others there's nothing wrong with that no no that's <laughs> awesome I guess one of my last questions I have, and it's kind of a, I don't know, bigger one or philosophical or something, but Uh um, no, just like what does DIY mean to you, right? Because we're DIY the crafting podcast, Y spelled W-H-Y. So looking at why do you do it? What does it mean to you? Why do I do it? It's to be creative. And like I said earlier, a stress reliever. But I think it's also to meet new people out there. I've met so many amazing people at farmers markets and local sales and just putting yourself out there. I know I know some makers that don't like to do local sales because they're very shy and they're introverts. And I'm a bit of a chatterbox. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind putting myself out there and interacting with the customer base, but also other makers. And definitely it helps me with my travel fund. And I think it's really important. It helps me lead a balanced life by using my creativity in other ways. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. I just said that's awesome like three times. (laughs) Anyway, well, it has been wonderful talking with you today, Krista. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm Um, honored that you would invite me today. Well, it's our pleasure and it's it's always it's awesome to talk to different people that do these different creative and awesome cool things it's just so cool (laughs) (laughs) so you can check out krista's work on instagram on her page at swy designs um there'll be a link in the description of this episode and you can also visit her profile on our website diypodcast.com and that's spelled Y-W-H-Y. While you're on Instagram to check out Krista's work, you can also follow at d.i.ypodcast for updates on our crafters and new episodes as they're released. So we'll be back in two weeks with episode two and our next guest. 
Once again, I'm your host, Sydney Small. Thank you for listening to the DIY podcast. We'll see you next time.